Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Thank God that I'm still standing. I'm still in the fight. I'm still living for Him. Still serving Him and doing His will. I'll clap your hands to Him again right now. I thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. It's good to see you in church tonight. And I'm so thankful for our guests that are here with us this evening. And I look forward, if I haven't already had a chance to meet you, I look forward to getting to meet you tonight. But let's give a hand to all of our guests. Give them a landmark welcome. Thankful that you joined us this evening. And uh, look forward to you coming back and worshiping with us again. Uh, As I often say, you get one chance to be a guest, and after that you join the family. And uh, you just become a part of us. And we're thrilled to have each and every one of you tonight. I want to make this announcement. I think it's been maybe in our video announcements, but let's remember there is a youth fundraiser on June the 16th at 7 o'clock p.m. And that is a barbecue dinner that's provided. This is Brother Wesley's famous barbecue brisket. And you know that not all brisket is created equal. And uh, so we're going to be eating that. It's potato salad, baked beans, dessert, and a drink. And you can pre-order your tickets uh, before and after church uh, leading up to the 14th. You pre-order your tickets by June the 14th. We have to know how much brisket to cook. And so that's not many days hence. And so get together on that. Help the young people. It's $15 per person. You'd spend more than that if you went to, I know you'd spend more than that if you went over here on state line to Naaman's. You might, you might, I doubt it, but you might get about the same if you went to Big Jake's, but it wouldn't be nearly as good. So you you can come and partake of this um, brisket dinner and have a good round of fellowship with your fellow church members as we support the young people going to the peak conference. So let's be supportive of them in that. Help me with that and help them. A couple of other announcements this week, Tuesday night prayer meeting at seven and then Wednesday midweek uh, service and uh, we'll resume our Christian development class and uh, looking forward to that. And there is a couple of camp meetings that are going on this week that you might want to be apprised of. There is uh, tomorrow and uh, Tuesday uh, camp in North Little Rock, Arkansas. And then uh, there's also the camp in Lufkin. And yours truly will be preaching over there on Wednesday uh, during the day. Uh, I think, uh, well, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, something like that. But anyhow, I better figure that out, hadn't I? Um, But this, (laughs) I've had a few things going on the last week, so... You'll have to forgive me, but uh, um, this next weekend, Brother Cody Marks, this coming weekend, Brother Cody Marks, I know it's a little different than our normal third-week schedule, but 
Uh, he's going to be with us. We had to make that adjustment according to his schedule. He'll be with us this coming up weekend. So we're looking forward to that. Invite somebody with you to the house of God. If you have your Bibles, let's go to the word of the Lord. To Philippians, book of Philippians, chapter number four. Philippians chapter number four. And we'll begin reading there with verse four. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Verse 7, and the peace of God. The peace of God, which passeth under all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I want you to look at that very closely. And I want you to see with me what I see here in the word of the Lord. And that the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I want to preach something may sound a little different here at first, but bear with me. I want to preach tonight from this subject. God's sovereignty is our sanity. God's sovereignty is our sanity. Would you lift up your hands with me and let's pray that the Lord would help us, that his anointing would rest upon this service, the remainder of it, Would you pray together with me? Lord Jesus, we're so thankful to be in your house. We're so thankful for your presence that we feel in this place tonight. Thank you, God, for the good worship. Thank you, Lord, for helping us and leading us in the Spirit. I pray that you would continue to do so tonight and bless your people through the Word of God. In Jesus' name, let's clap our hands to the Lord and give him praise once again. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. It goes without saying that there's been a lot of focus in our world today. And over the last several years, it seems like it's only intensified because of the current problems and challenges that people have in this area. But there's been a lot of focus on mental health, and justifiably so with all that is going on in our world. People are stretched uh, beyond uh, anything that seems imaginable. People feel pressures that they have never uh, felt before. Pressures and, and stresses that did not exist 20, 40 years ago or with generations before this generation. But it seems like with all of our modern conveniences, with all of our advancements in technology, that there has been more stress, not less, that's been added to people's lives. I have been listening to a book in some of my travels and driving. I've been listening to a book that has really helped and and really been a blessing to me. It's not a 
uh, truth preaching uh, pastor that wrote the book, but nevertheless, I've gleaned from it. And the title of the book is The Relentless Elimination of Hurry. The Relentless Elimination, or the Ruthless, rather, Elimination of Worry. And uh, so I, uh, I, I begin to think about that and consider that and some of the things that I've been praying about concerning some of you and been feeling in the Holy Ghost. I want to address that tonight. A recent copy of Health Magazine, six professionals or experts begin to pontificate about what defines happiness in a person's life. And one related it to money. Another related it to the right career. And yet another to family. And one said it was relationships and so on. All six of them. Ironically, none of them spoke about God. None of them spoke about uh, the Spirit of the Lord and the comfort that the Spirit of the Lord brings into a person's life. But as Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians twelve thirty one, he said, I show you a more excellent way. Can I reveal to you a more excellent way here tonight? Six experts tried to identify what happiness is, yet the Word of God clearly defines what joy is. And you've heard me say before, there is a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is directly connected to and contingent upon happenings in your life. In fact, that is the root of that word. Happiness is hap or happening. And so a person's happiness is directly connected to the happenings of their life. If things are happening well, if things are happening good, if things are happening as planned, then they can be happy. They can feel happy in their life. But I'm thankful to report to you that joy comes from a different source. The Bible says with joy we draw waters from the well of salvation. Connecting joy as a spiritual thing in our lives that comes through our relationship with God and our experience in God. Aren't you thankful that the Spirit of the Lord is more than just something we get to talk about and preach about and read about in the Word of God, but it's a true experience. I I like to say of our church that it's more than just a church, but it is an experience. There's something that can be experienced here that is lasting. A lot of things in this life is fleeting. A lot of things in this life, I, I hate to say it, but it fades with time. Trends, styles, even things that make people happy. It seems like what used to make you happy doesn't make you happy anymore. What you used to possess and have and materially want to receive doesn't make you happy anymore. But I'm thankful that the joy of the Lord is something that lasts is something that continues. It's something that will sustain you. It's something that will be there. There's some of us in this building that have known the joy of the Lord now for decades. I've had the Holy Ghost for now over 43 years. And I'm telling you, it's just as real today. And it's still just as powerful today. And it's still just as thrilling today. And I'm just as enthusiastic about it as I was 
the day I received it at seven years of age. It still has the power to give me the the thrill and the excitement and the enthusiasm to want to worship God, to want to praise God, to want to glorify God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about when I talk about the joy of the Lord? And and that's something that we must hold on to and be renewed in because the Bible is emphatic when it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's our strength. People that grow weak lose their joy in God. People that go back to the world, backslide, are people that somewhere along the way, they were not renewed in the joyful experience of God. This thing doesn't have to become dull. This thing doesn't have to become mundane to you. It doesn't have to lose its excitement and its zeal. You don't have to become dispassionate about this. This is something that as you walk with God and you experience more of God, the more prayers I see him answer, the more work and miracles that I see him perform in my life, oh, the more I have to be joyful about and excited about and the more gratitude that I have towards God. God has has surely been good to us. God has blessed us. He's kept us. And even in this world that is filled with all kinds and types of sorrows, we have the joy of the Lord. And that is a strength to us. That's why, amen, we're here tonight. That's why after all of these years, the devil, with all the things that he's tried to throw at you and all all the circumstances of life and challenges that have came your way, you've been been able to overcome through the joy of the Lord, through the help that comes through and the strength that comes through the joy of the Lord. Amen. In life, you have to learn how to get through the rough stuff. That's right. And uh, how not to get shook up when the world is shaking all around you. The Bible describes that in these last days, there is going to be a shaking. And only those that remain uh, will, will be here and be ready for the rapture in the great catching away of the church. We're living in a day when worry and dread consumes people's life. I, I know people that invent things when they, they can't find it easily. And, and, and unfortunately, in today's world, it's very easy to find something to worry about. And, and if, you, if you need some help with that, there's a lot of inspiration out there. All you got to do is pick up your phone and, and look at your news app, and you can find plenty to be concerned and worry about. Uh, you know, at some point, you got to put that aside. At some point, you got to blot all of that out. At some point, you can't be fretting over everything that happens that you can't control anyway. And you got to learn how to manage that. And you got to learn how to, to cut some of that out of your life. I know some people, they, 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 all day long, they're, they're listening to, to, to angry people on talk radio. And they wonder why they got so much anxiety and why they got so much worry. Well, if I listen to that all day, it, it zapped my faith also. Uh, yeah, there's plenty to find that's wrong in this world. You don't have to look very far. Most of us look around and, and we can see it all around us. There's plenty to be concerned about. I don't like things and the way things are headed as a country either. But I'm going to tell you, I don't just live for this world. 
And thankfully, my joy is not set on what happens in the White House. Thankfully, my joy is not all contingent on what happens in the nation's capital. It's not even contingent on what happens in Austin or in Little Rock. Amen. I want to pray for that. I want to vote. I want to do my best. But I'm just telling you, at the end of the day, God's in control. And I'm not going to let that consume my life. I'm not going to let that take the joy of living for God away from me. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Oh, yes, there's treasures that are laid up. There's blessings that are laid up. Someday I'm going to see Jesus. Someday I'm going to look upon his face. You think we rejoice down here? You think we get excited down here? You haven't seen anything yet. There's going to be continual 24-7 perpetual praise that's going to be given to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Set your affections, the Bible said, on things above and not on things beneath. That's the word of God. Amen. A lot of our lives would be a whole lot better if we would take that and apply that to our lives. But, you know, if people, some folks, if they don't have something to worry about, they'd invent something to worry about. I know some folks, they just look for something to be worried about. Worry and dread and anxiety has risen to a zenith level. And anxiety is stimulated from a lack of contentment. And to be anxious, according to this text, literally means to be divided in your mind. Oh, when your mind is stayed on Jesus, when your affections are upon things above, not on things beneath, there's a certain serenity that comes with that. In short, the presence of anxiety is the absence of humility. Because when you're anxious and you're worried about every little thing that comes along, what you're saying is is that you're in control and God's not in control. What you're really saying with your actions and your attitude is is that I don't trust God. I, I've got to do something about this. I've got to try to fix this. Well, I'm going to tell you something, honey. There's some things in life that you can't fix. You just have to have faith that God is going to take care of it. Oh, yeah, if it could be fixed, you'd already fixed it. If it could be done, it would have already been done. It would have already been taken care of. And rejoicing is, is a key word. It's something that emerges over and over again throughout this book of Philippians. It's something that is referred to all the way back to the first chapter and all the way as you read through this book, not once, not twice, but several times, the word rejoicing emerges again and again, or word words connected to it, joy, rejoice, those types of themes is mentioned over and over again. Paul teaches us that rejoicing cannot be based on current circumstances, but rather is independent of our circumstances. I want you to get a hold of that. Your, your rejoicing, your worship, your praise is not predicated on circumstances of life. That's why the psalmist said, praise the Lord according to his excellent greatness. Don't praise him. Don't let your praise be predicated on your problems or the level 
of the problems in your life or the circumstances that surround you. But let your praise be contingent on one thing, his excellent greatness. Because there's one thing, one attribute of of God that remains the same is that he never changes. Oh, that ought to give somebody comfort here tonight that, that a lot of things change and a lot of things, uh, oh, they're, they, they're fluctuating and, and, and they're up and down. But there's one thing God doesn't ever have a bad day. I may have a bad day. My emotion, my emotions may fluctuate, but God doesn't fluctuate in his power. God doesn't fluctuate in his ability. Amen. I can always have joy if my faith is in him. I'm going to tell you, when you get this right, you can have joy in spite of circumstances. When there's loss, you can have joy. When there's grief, you can still have joy. When there's bad happenings in your life, and you might be unhappy about them, you can still have the joy of the Lord because of your relationship with God. Oh, come on, clap your hands and let's give him praise. And I think it's worth remembering that this letter is written by Paul from prison. Yet he's reiterating to these people, these Christians that are facing opposition and they're suffering for their faith in God. Yet Paul is telling them that your rejoicing is not based on changing and fluctuating circumstances. But your joy and your rejoicing is based on an unchanging God that remains the same. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I could always find joy. I could always come to church and worship. I'm without excuse when I come into the sanctuary of God. Even David who wrote, he said, I I saw the prosperity of the wicked and I scratched my head and I said, I'm facing all of this opposition and I got all these troubles and I got all these problems. Looks like they're getting by, they're blessed and they're happy. And I'm sitting here in despair. But he said, oh, when I made my way into the sanctuary of God, when I came to the house of the Lord and I saw the end and the demise that was coming to those people that didn't walk with God, I suddenly realized how good I had it. And I I began to thank God and I understood and I got a revelation that I can rejoice and I can praise the Lord in spite of what's going on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I think we ought to practice that right now all across this place. Somebody ought to worship the Lord. Man, I'd give $5 for a handkerchief right now if somebody had a clean one. A clean one. Emphasis on clean. I don't want one that you've already used, but if you got one you hadn't used, you want to bring it up here to me. Well, beggars can't be chooser. One thing about it hadn't been used yet. Oh, praise God. I have. You got me worried, brother. God for handkerchiefs. I forgot mine tonight. I was looking around in my Bible. You won't want it back after the night, I promise you. So I want to talk about if God's sovereignty 
is going to be your sanity. There's, there's three things in this text that I want to refer to tonight. First of all, we can see it here. You must learn how if God's sovereignty is going to be your sanity, you've got to learn how to praise God. He said rejoice. And if you didn't get it, he said again I say rejoice. Chapter 1 and 18, he said rejoice that Christ is preached. Even though there's wrong motives that it's preached in, he said I just rejoice that somebody's mentioning and preaching his name. He said I want to accentuate the good here. I, I correct the bad. I deal with the bad. But he said in, in chapter 1 and verse 18, he said that Christ is preached. That's what we need to emphasize. Don't just think about, you know, it may not be a perfect situation. It may not be the best, but I'm going to emphasize the positive here. You know, it's the propensity of human beings to emphasize the opposite. We want to emphasize the negative that's going on. I attended a, a beautiful wedding, uh, Brother Marks' son, the other night. And uh, beautiful, beautiful setting. Now, it is June, and it was outdoors. And, and all of that. But it was a beautiful setting. Some of you might have seen pictures of that. But uh, <laughs> I was amazed. A few people said, boy, it sure is hot up here. I mean, you got this beautiful setting. and People's work so hard and everything's decorated so nice. Sure is dusty up here. And I'm thinking, my God, don't take away from the beauty of this setting. You have to, you have to recognize that this is probably the most beautiful uh, wedding that uh, you've seen in a long while. And there's a lot of work that's went into it. But you know, that's just human nature, to be grouchy about something. Now, I'm going to walk our log a little bit here tonight. Is that okay? Hey Amen. I'm not just preaching to you. There's a, you know, anytime I'm preaching to you, pointing a finger at you, there's always some pointing back at me. And I have to watch this. But you know, I don't want to just be a grouchy person, always looking for something negative to point out. God has been good, and I want to think about And so Paul is teaching them something here. He said, we could, we could talk about the men that are preaching the gospel and how that they, they've got some wrong motives in it. But he said, let's just rejoice right now that the gospel is being preached. Let's think about the positive. He said, I'll deal with that. I'm the apostle here. You're the church. He said, you as a, as a people, and I feel like this is, this is a pastor trying to teach his people something here. He said, I don't want you to get bogged down in the negative. I'll deal with the negative thing, but right now you need to be focused and accentuate the positive in your life. And that is that the gospel is being preached. That's a lesson we all need to learn. Don't get bogged down on something that's not right. Amen. You'll never be able to fix what's not right if you don't start recognizing what is right in your life. Amen. Some of us can have nine things to praise God for, and we'll focus on the one thing, the tenth thing, that isn't right in our life. Well, I could really rejoice. I could really praise God if I had this one thing fixed. Well, I got news for you folks. There's always going to be one thing to fix. There's always going to be some detail that's broken. And I found this out about life. As sure as you get this over here fixed, it's going to break out over here. You'll run over there and you get that maintained and fixed and patched up and you have it break out over here again. 
Life is about maintenance. Life is about fixing things. It's about making adjustments. It's about adapting. It's about accepting the challenge and overcoming and going on and going forward. That's what life is about. And you have to believe that God is sovereign and God is in control. And I rest in that. I have peace in that. That's where I find my sanity. I'm not going to let this drive me crazy. Don't let one thing that's wrong in your marriage, don't let one thing that's wrong with your children cause you to destroy your relationship with them. Come on, if I could give you any advice, amen, if I could help anybody, I want to tell you, you need to situate what's right. You need to find something positive about your spouse and situate that and talk good about that and brag on that a little while. Well, uh, I see I need to sure that point up a little bit. Amen. I didn't want to turn this into marriage retreat, but I, I can. Yeah. As some people, they can only concentrate. I had a friend of mine, he, he, uh, he, he was counseling a couple many years ago. Don't try to guess who it is or anything like that. Many years ago, had this couple, and uh, his, uh, this man, he, he couldn't find anything right about his wife. Every time he'd come in, she'd cook him dinner, he'd find something wrong with the food. He'd say, it's a little bit overcooked tonight, isn't it, darling? And, uh, or you didn't cook it quite long enough. It's a little cold. This isn't exactly what I wanted. Didn't you know to buy this brand versus that brand? And, and on and on. Just always picking and finding something. He said he was obviously having some trouble in his marriage and his relationship and came to the pastor. He said, let me just tell you something. He said, you better, you better find something right. And you better start bragging on something that's right about your wife. Are you going to come in here one day and you're going to be crying because you don't have a wife? Yeah. Hallelujah. People that's always spouting off, well, my husband this and my wife that. Well, you're the one that chose them. You know what? You need to go look in the mirror. Say, you know what? I'm going to criticize anybody. I better criticize myself because I'm the one that, that, that got into this deal. Ooh. Not getting many amens. Dried up. That's all right. That's all right. I'm going to tell you, if you'll learn how to edify, you'll get a lot more out of that relationship. If you'll learn how to compliment, and you'll learn how to encourage, and you'll learn how to appreciate, and you'll learn how to accentuate the good, some of those details that you've been worried about and that's causing you stress, they'll work themselves out. I said they'll work themselves out. All those that's been married for a long time, say amen. Well, I like this kind of deal, right? So don't 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 get focused on a few negative things. Philippians two and two, he said, "My joy is that ye be like-minded, having the same love and being in one accord with one another." He said, "You you guys being in unity with one another that brings joy to me." I'm going to tell you, there's a lot more joy in harmony than there is in discord. That's right. There's a whole lot more 
uh, to be obtained and blessings that come. And throughout the Word of God, I don't need to preach a whole message on unity for you to know that unity is what brings blessing in the church. When this thing started on the day of Pentecost, it says they were in one accord. And that's when the blessing and the favor of God come. That's the way that it still happens. Do you realize that when the priest, when the fire of the Lord come and consume the sacrifice, that everything had to be in order. And in everything, and I know we're dealing with all kinds of imperfect people and personalities and different things, but, but to say this, I want you to understand that we're working one with another and love oh, overcomes any barriers. Love overcomes uh, and overlooks certain things and details that perhaps rub you the wrong way. If you don't have the love of God, it would rub you the wrong way. But if you have the love of God, you can be like-minded that there's a bigger picture. There's something that is beyond just my petty differences with somebody that matters most. Amen. And that is, we've got to see this city have revival. We've got to see a move of God. We've got to see the blessings of the Lord flow. So, you're my brother. You're my sister. Let's get together and let's have a revival. Oh, can you put your hands together and give him praise right now? And I like this in 2, 2 and 15, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Is that describing our world, crooked and perverse nation? among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. It brings me joy to know that my investment in you was not in vain. My sacrifices to bring the gospel to you was not in vain because you were able to overcome and be a light in a dark world. That brings joy. And then in 17, he says, yea, if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For this same cause also do you joy and rejoice with me. There, there may be sacrifices and service that has to be given. But in it all, I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to worship, and I'm going to give thanks to God in every sacrifice. And then he says in chapter 3, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same thing to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is saved. And he goes on to tell them to beware of certain evildoers and beware of dogs, he says, and, and evil workers and people that bring uh, division into the church and, and try to bring discord into the church. Beware of all of that. Oh, but I rejoice that you're strong in God. I, I rejoice because you're faithful before the Lord. I rejoice because, amen, even in some of the aspects of life that that could be the conditions could have been better because you're living again as a persecuted church in a world that doesn't appreciate your consecration, doesn't appreciate your commitment to God. But nevertheless, you've stood strong. And that causes me to rejoice in the Lord. And so we see all kinds of circumstances. Yet the Apostle Paul, the Bible tells us, he teaches them, and he learned himself to do this, and that was to rejoice. 
to give praise to the Lord. What is going on on the outside doesn't affect what's on the inside. You know what? A lot of things would be breaking loose out here. But I got the joy of the Lord on the inside. I got the Holy Ghost on the inside. And so I can rejoice and I can give praise. So I rejoice in the highs and I rejoice in the lows. I rejoice in times of gain and I rejoice in times of loss. Not only praise, but he also goes on to say, you need patience. He said, if you're going to have sovereignty, if the sovereignty of God is going to bring sanity to your life, you're going to have to have praise and you're going to have to have patience. He said in verse 5, let your moderation be known unto all men. And what that is really saying is not overly rigorous, not expecting more than one's due. I guess a good modern word for that would be gracious. That's an attribute, folks. It's an attribute that is needed in this world today. You know, we, we, if we're not extremely careful, we can get and adapt to an attitude that we think we deserve preferential treatment. Come on, is there anybody willing to admit that? You know, you know, it's kind of like after you receive preferential treatment at some place in life, you kind of get comfortable with that. You begin to expect that. Kind of like the fellow said, if you ever if you ever pay the price and sit down in first class, you'll have a hard time walking by it again. And, and so once you ever experience something, then uh, you begin to expect it. And you have to really, and I hope you follow me tonight, you have to really pray and ask the Lord, and I'm going to get to that in a moment, to help you to stay humble in this world as God blesses you. You know, sometimes we forget that when we pulled up here, we didn't have all we got today. Life wasn't going quite as good as it is right now. Some of us come up in the old beater of a vehicle, leaking oil, and didn't have no air conditioner. My air conditioner went out the other day on my truck. I'm going to tell you what. And we, it just so happened it was the hottest day of the summer so far. And it didn't take long, about an hour or two of that, going down the interstate. I said, you know what? Why couldn't this thing gone out when I was at home? Why is it that, uh, but you know what? I, I, I forgot that when I started evangelizing at 19 years old, that I bought a 75 Chevy pickup that I just wish had air conditioning. It had air conditioning. It was called 460. Four windows rolled down. It was a crew cab going 60 miles an hour. But you know what? In Houston traffic, that don't work too good. And let me just tell you something about Houston. You think it's hot here. Oh, yeah, it gets a lot hotter in Houston. Matter of fact, you can step out. I remember stepping out of my vehicle and walking from my vehicle to the church on many occasions and feeling like I'd already just jumped right in a pool somewhere and just got wet because of just so sultry and hot and sweated, my pants sticking to my legs, you know, that kind of hot, and, and just sweating all the time profusely and, and humid. Uh, I think somebody described humidity as humility. When I come down here to the 
the South, first time I realized, well, all these ladies had these slick hairdos. Because it was a workout to get them to do anything else. Humidity, yeah. And, and so, you know, if we're not careful, I forget where I started and where I came from, what God did for me. I remember I was so excited to have that vehicle. I mean, it was a 75. We're not talking about in 1980. We're not talking about 1985. We're, not, we're talking about 1993. 1993. Now, some of you, that seems a lifetime ago, and some of you, that seems like yesterday, and I'm trying to come somewhere in the middle and communicate this message to you. But, but 1993, you know, even then, it was nearly 20 years old. Some of us today, even myself, you know, driving a, an older vehicle, sometimes we just think, you know, well, maybe I need to, you know, it's going to get a little age on it, getting a few miles on it. Maybe I need to go trade it in. Back then, I think, I don't know how many times that engine had been rebuilt by that point and uh, didn't have air conditioning. I tried to get air conditioning on it. I, I tried to take it to the fella and get air conditioning, and, I, and, and on and on, couldn't get, get it, couldn't get it working. And I think that thing at, at its best, going downhill, would get about nine miles to the gallon. I mean, all of your profits were burned up before you ever got to the next revival. And, and I forget where God has brought me from. So as I was driving down the interstate and I was reminded I didn't have, uh, you know, didn't have my air conditioner going. I had that 460 air again. And I said, God, thank you that you've blessed me. I'll get this fixed in a few days and everything will be all right and everything will be kosher. But, uh, and I'm not worried about it, but thank you. I want to be gracious. I, I want to be thankful for what you have done. I can rejoice. Amen. That it's, it's a minor thing at this point. And you are going to take care of me. You've always taken care of me. You know, a lot. Lot and Abraham, they had a little scuffle between their herdsmen, and 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 one uh, uh, began to argue with the other of uh, uh, you know which one was going to be preferred, and and uh, finally Abraham said, "Hey, look, we're brethren here, and we don't need this." He said, "If you choose to go this way, I'll go that way. You choose whatever land you want to live in, and I'll choose the rest." And he chose the highlands and the preferred lands of Sodom and Gomorrah. And it was, it was Abraham that was left with the plains of memory. But he had a revelation of something. If I can keep the hand of God upon me, if I could keep the blessings of the Lord in my life, if I could keep His favor in my life and keep the right spirit and the right attitude, it doesn't matter if I'm preferred or not by man. If God's on my side, I'm always going to come out on top. I'm just going to be blessed either way I go. Amen. Lot, you can take whatever you want. You take what looks good. You take what you want and what is preferable to you. But if I'll be faithful to God, God will take care of me. He didn't try to argue with him. He was gracious with him. You know what the Bible said? It said, follow peace with all men and holiness without such no man. Shall see the Lord. Isn't it amazing that peace and holiness, some folks need to get this lesson. Peace and holiness are in the same verse. Holiness is not meant to bring contention. 
Holiness is not to be something that you fight about. It's to be a peaceable thing. People that are submitted to God, they want to live holy. People that are submitted to God and have the right spirit, you can teach them about holiness. But people that don't have the right spirit and the right attitude, first of all, if they've not repented and they've not gotten the Holy Ghost, you're getting the cart before the horse when you try to teach them about living a holy life. But a part of holiness is having a right attitude and a right spirit. Following peace with all men and holiness. Amen. I'm going to get down to where some practical living is. Is that all correct? Is that okay? If every time you go to Walmart, it ends up you got to speak to the manager. <laughs> Follow peace with all men and holiness. Oh, yeah. Your sleeves can be long enough that it sops up all the gravy when you eat your biscuits in the morning. But if you go to Walmart and you show yourself, I could describe that a little bit further, but I think you get the message. You show yourself. You show a bad attitude. That's not holiness. That's not living. I, I was at a restaurant the other day, and, and I, I don't think this person meant bad by this. But they sent their food back the two times that I went to eat with them. They sent their food back both times. And I felt like saying, you know what? I'm going to give you I'm gonna give you an opportunity to go by yourself next time. Oh, this ain't this right. This ain't this right. That ain't this right. That ain't this right. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I know it's like to be thankful for a quarter pounder. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm looking forward to Whataburger right now. You send one of them things back, they'll look at you cross-eyed. Say, what are you talking about? We've been making these things for all these years, and there's only one way to make these things. You can't mess this up. way we treat people, that's a part of living for God, folks. Amen. Might I say how we tip people, that's a part of living for God, too. People struggle a lot with anxiety because they feel they are owed more than they're receiving. They struggle a lot with, with worry and fears because they feel like they, they should be getting more out of life. If you don't have to respond, I'm going to say this. You don't have to respond to every slight. You don't have to respond to every, you know, well, what are they showing that kind of attitude towards me? Well, maybe they've had a bad day. But you know what? We show spiritual maturity when we don't have to respond. We don't have to have the last word. We don't have to be the one that I'm standing up for my rights. Bless God. Did I kill this message tonight? <laughs> Praising and having moderation. And moderation is just not moderation in certain areas that we pick and choose. Moderation is moderation and attitude also. Being gracious. Amen. That we, we're not better than somebody else. We don't look down our nose at somebody. 
because maybe they come from a different background or they're less fortunate. And things hasn't gone as good for them in their life. I'm going to tell you, the more you're blessed and the more you have, the more you ought to show appreciation and the more humble you ought to be because I assure you that it's not because you're some great thing. It's because God has been good to you. Because God has blessed you. Because God has shined his mercy down upon you. Help us, oh God, as you bless us to retain humility. Help us, God, as you bless us to retain the right attitude. Well, clap your hands to the Lord and let's give him praise together. I don't have to be all worked up. And that's what Paul is saying over the trivial in life. The Lord, he said, is at hand. He said, so this, this, let's, let's keep this centered on what matters. He said, the Lord is at hand. He said, that's why we have to be gracious. That's why we got to keep our attitude in check. That's why we got to keep our spirit in check. But not only praise and not only patience, but let me end with this. He also says prayer is important. Right here in verse 6, he says, be careful for nothing. How are you going to do that? But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Oh, let me preach to you a little bit about this thing called prayer. Let me tell you that the way you're going to keep your sanity in this world that is shaking on every side is to have a relationship with God through prayer. And he gives some synonyms to us here concerning prayer. He first names it and then he says uh, supplication. And then he said make your request known to God. All of this is talking about prayer. Supplication is what you ask God for concerning you. And then your request being known he said I want you to be specific. I want you to be detailed about it because God answers specific prayers. You can't be this general about it. If you want God to move in a certain way, then you need to ask him specifically about that. You need to know and understand, amen, that this is exactly how things, I want God in detail to work and I want him, that's how, that's faith, that's confidence in God when we ask him that I believe you have the ability to do it exactly like this. I believe that you do nothing partially. I believe God, you do everything completely. And so I'm asking you in full faith that you're able and capable to do it. And through my prayer and my supplication, I mix something else with that, and that is thanksgiving. How can we expect God to answer more prayers and more requests for us if we've not thanked him for past prayers that he's answered? In fact, I just wonder if you couldn't take a little inventory right now in your mind. And think of a few things to give thanks for. A few things to show appreciation for. Some musicians come. Psalms 119 and 165 said, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing, nothing shall offend them. I'm going to tell you there's a key here. I'll tell you. A key to keeping our spirit right and keeping ourselves becoming bitter or offended with some trivial thing in life that can trip us up so easily is for us to always remain thankful and always be adherent. 
to the Word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody, somebody's got your Bible there. I want you to find Psalms 1 for me. You got your Bible? Find Psalms 1 for me and read, stand up and read it real loud. Psalms 1. Yeah, read it, sister. That's fine. Read it. Stop right there for just a moment. What did it say? It said, how happy. Another word for that in the King James is how blessed. But there's a strong connection between the two, right? What did it say? Read on. Stop right there. His delight. Did you get that? Oh, yeah. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And he meditates on it. That's where his thoughts are turned. That's where his attention is. Amen. He, he's never far from it. Come on. If you can keep your focus on the word of God. If you can keep your focus, uh, amen, on the things of God. If you can. Come on. There's a lot of other things that are trying to vie for our attention and get our focus and get us off track. But if you can keep your focus on the things of God. That sweet lady right there lost a baby this year, but she's right here in the house of God on a Sunday night, and she still has joy. She still has a, a peace about her, and she's still able to raise her hand just like she is right now. Why is that? i tell you, that isn't something that you humanly achieve, but that's something God gives you. That's a joy that God gives you. That's a peace that God gives you. You ought to stand to your feet. You got nothing to complain about, church, and everything to be thankful for. Everything to be thankful for. You know, that's one of the challenges, really, of pastoring. I'll be honest with you. It's one of the challenges. On one given day, any given day, I can get a call. And I'm not diminishing anybody's problems and not gauging them or praising them one against another, comparing them whatsoever. But in a one given day, I can get a call where somebody loses, like just a few days ago, loses a spouse, a mother, or a baby. I'm not talking about a small little loss. And on the same day, oh, pastor, pray for me. I ain't going to make it to church tonight. Uh, you know, I walked outside, and man, it was hot. Pastor, pray for me. I just don't think I can, in this heat, I can do it. You know what? I just smile and say, you know, praise the Lord. What do you say? I mean, yeah, I mean there's nothing to say. But I'm thinking to myself, are you going to stand in judgment by people like Tanya Fields? Who every time I went and visited her lately, she said, I just so much wish I could be in church. I'm so sorry, Pastor, that I'm not in church. I said, my God, everybody understands why you're not. You you don't have the strength, Sister Tanya. You're in pain, Sister Tanya. We, we get it. We understand. Don't worry about that. you got other things to be focused on. But her heart was in this. Her heart was in living for God and serving God. 
Oh, I want to preach to you, church. Keep your focus right. Keep your focus right. Keep your focus on the right things. Stay thankful and believe and rely upon the sovereignty of God. And that'll give you peace in this somebody wants to join me around this altar and just give some thanks to God. Give some praise to the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah.